0: Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast, the draft pick profile series presented by Verizon rolling on here and EA Ethan Greenberg breaking down Cal safety Ashton Davis, who the Jets took in the third round number 68 overall, their third selection of the 2020 NFL draft and EA. The Jets actually got the 68th overall selection from the Giants when they traded Leonard Williams across town in October.
1: Yeah, good value there from Joe Douglas acquiring a third round pick in twenty twenty, and then a fifth round pick in twenty twenty one. Leonard Williams got the franchise tag. He still has not received a long term extension with the Giants. If he did prior to the start of the league year, that fifth round pick in twenty twenty one would actually have became a fourth have become a fourth round pick. But instead, the Jets do pick up a pair of uh, draft picks, and they use this one in the third round on Ashton Davis, a versatile player. I feel like that is a broken record for us. Every player that Joe Douglas has taken or brought in in free agency, you've seen a lot of position flexibility. And I just thought this was an interesting spot in the draft order, Greens, because the Jets had – Two picks over nine selections on Friday night because Denzel Mims, the wide receiver out of Baylor, of course, they took with the 59th overall selection in the second round. Then they come back with the Giants selection here early in the third and they grab the Kale safety.
0: The other thing I thought was interesting was after the Jets go tackle and receiver in rounds one and two, then I thought it was kind of a guessing game. Anybody's guess where the Jets could go next. And I don't think a lot of pundits out there, and I don't think a lot of fans thought that the Jets would go with a safety, but it adds good depth. And we'll talk about where Davis fits in on this roster in a bit. But before we actually dive in, To Ashton Davis the player let's hear from the Jets personnel let's hear from Joe Douglas Rex Hogan Chad Alexander and Phil Savage on why they liked Ashton Davis.
2: Do Ashton bring speed ball skills versatility you can see him line up over a slot receiver and cover him in man coverage. You can see him line up as a high safety and range over to the sideline to make a play on the ball. You can see him attack the alleys in the, in the run game. You can see him blitz. What we have with uh, Jamal, with Marcus, and, you know, Ad Nash and letting him compete. You know, the hope is that he can, he can provide that kind of versatility and playmaking to our back end. Not only did he walk on in football, he walked on in track at Cal and ended up uh, you know, doing significantly well for their track team at Cal, and then it continued to improve as a football player and established himself as one of the premier defensive players, not only for Cal, but in the Pac-12. His versatility really stands out. The guy's played free safety, strong safety. He's played corner. He's played nickel. In those nickel and dime packages, Ashton's another guy who also provides us that versatility, and he didn't get to run at the combine, but I really think he would have tested extremely well Without being able to, because of the surgery he underwent. But this is an explosive athlete, another height, weight, and speed guy who's going to be able to help us on defense and special teams.
3: He's really got good football intelligence. He cleans up a lot as a safety. You know, he's a good tackler. I think he is physical, and he made some impressive plays on tape. You know, versus run and pass. He's just—he's really instinctive, really high football IQ for the game. You know, he can—he can cover a receiver, he can cover a slot. He's got man and zone ability and he, he, he can match and marry. And we think he's going he's gonna to be a really good player as well for us. Just gives us, you know, that much more versatility on the back end. Is Marcus and Jamal, two really good players at that at the safety position. And then in comes Ashton Davis. And, and we feel like he's a guy that's going to be able to help us on fourth down as well. He's going to be a really good special teams player in the NFL. So just really excited to get him, to get him in the fold in that, uh, in that DB room and with those safeties. And, and, you know, those are three really talented guys. You know, coming from where he came from, uh, he's really an impressive, you know, guy to talk to. He's an impressive young man. And uh, I don't think this moment is going to be too big for him just because of what he was able to overcome uh, to get to get to this point.
2: You know, I think Ashton is, is one of those kinds of players that he's earned everything he's ever gotten. And. You know, in this situation, of course, a lot has been made about him being a former uh, walk-on to the Cal football team. Look, this guy's extremely talented. I mean, he's a legit track man, can absolutely run. But the thing that makes him different than a lot of guys who trans transition from track to football is that he's actually very instinctive as a player. He's extremely versatile. Uh, there are a lot of safeties that have straight line speed, but they can't do a lot of other things in terms of coverage, playing in the box, breaking down in space, that sort of thing. And Ashton Davis can do all of those things. He's a cerebral player. Uh, as I said, he's been an achiever type person his entire life. And uh, we, were, we were excited to get him. We, we just think that he's going to add another uh, piece to the puzzle defensively. And because of that versatility I mentioned, you know, he can play safe. He can play down in the box. He might even could take some reps outside as a corner. He's certainly fast enough to do it. And, you know, I think if he had not had the injury or the surgery that happened back in December and he would have been able to participate fully in the senior bowl or the combine, I, I think he clearly would have been, you know, a higher pick. Uh, so I think this, this whole scenario where, you know, he really was not able to work out due to the, the surgery and then this pandemic uh, that hurt him some in terms of the draft stock, but for us, uh, we went by what we saw on the film, on the tapes, and in the fall, and our scouts really liked him during the season.
0: Great insight as always from those guys and EA. The first thing about Ashton Davis that we kind of hear the personnel staff talk about is his backstory, and this is a player that grew up and had a massive growth spurt. I mean, he was. He grew about eight inches and added about 75 pounds in his final three years at Santa Cruz High School in California. He doesn't receive any football offers. He walks onto the Cal track team as a backdoor way of walking onto the Cal football team. And of course, he ends up being a third-round pick of the 2020 NFL Draft.
1: Where do you want to start with this guy? I think he should be selling movie rights to his story, Green He Started high school... Is a five foot four sophomore who weighed ninety pounds. The Santa Cruz High School Greens, 17 players his junior season, and one of their offensive linemen <laughs> weighed 155 pounds. Great article by Bruce Feldman in the athletic. If you want to learn about this backstory, but that team finished one and nine overall. He was a zero-star recruit. Basically, Recruited himself uh, to California and then, uh, you know, gradually progressed. He was a special team stalwart early on in his career. Then he became a defensive regular. He's just continuing to progress. So there's a lot of reason to think right now that Ashton Davis is going to get better and better. And he is a fantastic athlete, Greens.
0: One thing that stands out. About Davis, when you hear from the different guys that have covered Davis and the Jets personnel staff that talked about him, it seems he's very instinctive for a player that's somewhat new to the position and somewhat new to football. To your point, he plays cornerback his first year on the football team in 2016 after redshirting in 2015. He wins the special teams MVP award back to back years, moves to free safety. And then this past year, he's second team all Pac 12, and he's a finalist for the Burlsworth Trophy, which goes to the nation's top former walk on. And I think, really, when you look at Davis's story, it's fascinating. And when you hear about the different personnel guys talk about adding to the fabric of what they want the New York Jets to be, this is a guy that has worked his way to where he is now. Not only has he overcome a lot on the football field, but his father had an addiction problem where he went to rehab and he's been clean now. And actually, Ashton Davis, his sister and his father all share the same tattoo on their wrist of the day that Ashton's father, Sean, has been clean. And so really a fascinating story and interesting prospect with a fascinating backstory.
1: About in sixth grade, Ashton Davis writes, One day I hope to be famous. My dream is to play in the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball all at once until I'm too old to play. Sports is my hobby, and that is all I do. One day I hope to wish upon a star and try to tackle any chance I have at making my dream come true. Well, he's probably not gonna play Major League Baseball (laughs) or in the NBA, but he is certainly going to play in the national football league at Cal greens. He played in 48 out of a possible 50 games. He made 33 starts, including 29 consecutive. And then you look at what he did in terms of production, 171 tackles, seven interceptions, 19 pass defenses, three forced fumbles and three fumble recoveries. So He found the football, an athletic guy. We'll talk about his track background here in a moment. But the other thing he did was contribute on special teams. More than 1,700 all-purpose yards. Very fast guy, contributed as a kick returner. You talked about what he did early on uh, from a gunner position. This is a guy who you mentioned, the fabric, a great desire to play this game a great flexibility, a great passion, and I think he's going to fit in and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. I think he's a perfect fit for what the Jets are going to do defensively in 2020.
0: I think something else I like about Davis is he used track as a way to get on the the football radar, but he was still a four-year member of the Golden Bears track team. He was a four-time All-American. He won a Pac-12 championship. He qualified for the NCAA championships in 2018. He finished 14th in the 110-meter hurdles, and he got a track scholarship, but he turned it down, EA, because it meant that he would have to give up his football dreams, and he was actually put on scholarship for the Golden Bears football team in 2017. I know we feel like we're beating a dead horse saying it, but he's really worked up to where he was the 68th overall selection Real quick, just on his pre-draft process, he gets hurt at the end of the year, he undergoes surgery, and this is a guy where Phil Savage said this, he was hurt by an evaluation standpoint because he wasn't able to participate in any of the All-Star games, in the combine, he didn't have a medical recheck, the, pro, the teams couldn't get him in for a top 30 visit. So this is another guy where the Jets might have gotten great value at the end of the day. We might be looking at this, in a couple of years and say, wow, how did Ashton Davis fall to the 68th overall selection? And this is because of an unusual process.
1: He certainly would have ran. Well, we know that I mean, the kid is trained in it, you know? So you're thinking that he did not have the ability in Indianapolis to run the 40 yard dash where, you know, he would have thrived in that area. And then at the senior bowl too, we mentioned Denzel Mims, 59th overall selection by the jets. Well, He had a dominant week down in Mobile, Alabama, and that helped his draft status in terms of pro teams looking at him. Well, Ashton Davis didn't have the ability to go down there and perform physically on the field in front of all those scouts. So, yeah, there definitely is reason to think that this is strong value here. And you hear a lot of pundits talk about Ashton Davis, what he brings from a tangible standpoint, and then also – how freakish he is athletically I think it's fair to say any person who walks on at Cal to be a track and field star and then he becomes a football star as well they have some freak athletic tendencies and also it talks about their drive and what's inside and those are things you certainly can't measure
0: all right let's hear from Olivia Landis who spoke to Ashton Davis after he was selected
4: It's safe to say that you've had quite the journey to get to this point. What were some of your initial reactions when you heard your name called off the board?
5: I didn't know what to think. I was just, I was so happy, you know, um, I was happy to see my mom's, the look on my mom's face and my dad's face. Um, Everyone was just so happy for me. And um, that was amazing to see. And, um, you know, I can still hear them screaming in the background here, so uh, that that really brought me a lot of joy, and just you know, for my own personal accomplishments, um, it felt really good.
4: Thinking back to your own journey, like I mentioned, you started out as a track star. Were a track star still in college, balancing both of that and football? How much work did you have to put in on the football side to get to this point today?
5: Uh I had to put on a lot of work. So I would go to spring ball practices and then track right after. Um I, I basically had to do both like I was a walk-on because I was. And uh but I put in a, I put in a fair amount of work. I I when I got switched to safety, I uh was we were going to film at 5 30 a.m. We called it the Breakfast Club and uh we were just trying to learn the scheme and trying to get it down and uh all that, you know, began to come to fruition um by the time I got moved to safety and started my first game.
4: For a lot of people who were not college athletes, I'm not sure that they understand how crazy of a schedule that is, but you being first a track star, you know, a lot of accomplishments here, the 2017 Pac-12 winner and the 110 meter hurdles. And how much did your track, your your track resume help you in football? Because you had to do both.
5: Yeah. Um, Well, track helped me out. Fortunately, my first year in track, I did really well. And that kind of got the ear of uh, football coaches a little bit, and um, you know, afforded me that opportunity, um, and just the whole mindset. Training for tracks is a lot different. Um, a lot of the times, you're out there running by yourself. Hit, you got to hit your own times. You got to be pretty disciplined, or else you're gonna, you know, you're not gonna get the results you want come uh, come the meet day. So I, that that mindset is uh, carried over with me, and um, yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a lot on my plate, but um, I was blessed to have those problems. Those are good problems to have.
4: You mentioned it a little bit earlier, so let's circle back. You said you first started out in the cornerback position, and then you transitioned to safety. How difficult was that transition at first?
5: Um, I felt a lot more comfortable with safety. So um, back in high school, I, we didn't have, like, a ton of schemes. So it was uh, – it was when I switched to safety, it just felt natural. Um, learning all that stuff was it – was, it came really – quickly to me. And, um, it all kind of just made sense. And so it was a really natural transition.
4: Now that you have experience in both the cornerback position and safety, how versatile would you consider yourself in both positions? And how much do do you, do you think you can contribute to both positions?
5: I think I can contribute, uh, you know, anywhere they put me. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable on the outside, inside, um, whatever the case may be, uh, I you know, during one on ones would take reps with the corners as well. So I just, yeah, I feel comfortable wherever they they want to put me.
4: Going off that a little bit, defensive coordinator Greg Williams, he's been known around the league for making all of his defensive players learn at the very least two different positions. Sounds like you're already off to a head start. So, when you think about that and how he handles his players, what would you tell him that you can bring to the table? You already kind of mentioned a little bit, but when you think about Greg Williams specifically.
5: Um, well, if he's a guy that likes people that know multiple positions, I think that uh, that I'm a good fit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I that was something that I kind of yeah. took the next step on after my first year at playing safety. I wanted to know every position and not just uh, my responsibility, but that way they could put me in Um, if someone went down and, um, we did that actually this year, a couple times and I knew the scheme well enough where they could just plug me in and play me.
4: Ashton, if you were to be able to play some of the safety positions, pro bowler Jamal Adams is also back there at safety. And then Marcus may, how much do you think you can learn from players of that caliber?
5: I'm excited. Um, Jamon is a guy I watch on tape and uh, Marcus May. He's also really talented. So I, I look forward to learning from those guys. Um, that's one thing I'm excited about for sure. Um, is, you know, getting behind two, two guys that know what they're doing back there and, uh, soaking up all that knowledge.
4: Real quickly, before I let you go, you also contributed to special teams back at Cal. What was some of your roles and how do you think you can continue that in the NFL?
5: yeah so on kickoff I was a gunner um I was a gunner on as well uh I played a variety of position on uh, punt return and kickoff return uh, I also returned punts and kick uh, kickoffs and yeah I, I kind of tried to do as much as I could on that and uh teams is something that I enjoy doing and think that I can uh I can help us with at the next level
0: EA, let's now take a look at where Davis fits in on this Jets defense. We mentioned that he is a versatile piece. Greg Williams loves versatility. And at the safety position, of course, Jamal Adams and Marcus May, the starters. But after those two guys, a bit of a question mark before Ashton Davis came into the fold here.
1: Yeah, and the Jets may have the best safety in the entire national football league with Jamal Adams two-time Team MVP. He was a first team All Pro last year, two time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's such a destructive force and instinctive ball player. Um, but the only player in the defensive backfield who played 16 games last year was Marcus May, and he's rangy. Uh, he helps these guys get set up. He is Uh, the central command piece back there. When the Jets had so many issues at the cornerback position, all those young cornerbacks who came in and played, they point to Marcus May and say, hey, he's the guy who's kind of determining our shot clock, when we should be disguising, when when we should be coming off. Marcus May doesn't get enough credit for what he brings to the table on this team. But with that being said, like you mentioned, Green's, who is going to be that third piece behind those guys in the national football league. A lot of people say that your ba- your base defense is a sub package, whether you're playing five defensive backs, the nickel scheme, or sometimes even dime depending on what offenses are doing. Sometimes you're throwing out there six defensive backs on the field. What you like about Ashton Davis is when he started getting on the field defensively, for the Cal Golden Bears, it was at cornerback. So you know he has free safety skills, evidenced by his seven interceptions, and we've talked about his speed, but other people talk about when you watch him on the film is he's another guy who brings a physical element to the game. He does not back away from contact, and that should be no surprise given his background. So now what you have is you have Jamal Adams, you have Marcus May. Those are two versatile pieces, but you add this guy to the equation, you have the potential to use him as a big, big nickel. And what you like about the Jets defensive backs, let's include Brian Poole into the mix here, is that you can walk these guys down in the box, guys like Ashton Davis, Jamal Adams. Brian Poole, and you're not giving up anything with your run defense, and those guys can get over a guy like Ashton Davis can get over a tight end and say, Okay, I got you.
0: Yeah, I think that something you mentioned in terms of Marcus May is something that Chad Alexander mentioned about Ashton Davis. Marcus May and Ashton Davis both may not have maybe eye-popping stats at the end of the day, but something that they both do very well according to different people is that they erase a lot of things, a lot of problems that your secondary might have, and they cover up a lot for the corners throughout a play. And something that I could only imagine, Ashton Davis fully healthy with Marcus May and Jamal Adams, what kind of pre-snap manipulation Greg Williams will want to deploy. I think that at the end of the day, maybe safety wasn't the position a lot of Jets fans were thinking about in the third round because of guys like Jamal Adams and Marcus May. But this is a guy that can one step on the field in sub packages to your point. And the other part of this is he might become a key cog in Brant Boyer's scheme, whether that's returning, whether that's coverage. But this is who Chad Alexander described as a four down player for the Jets.
1: I think we get caught up too much in positions because this guy, to me, is a defensive back and you can use him in multiple ways. And the Jets, uh, they're going to be hell to play, especially on third down next year. Uh, because what Greg Williams can do, because you're getting CJ Mosley back, but CJ Mosley's not leaving the field, okay? We know that. When CJ Mosley's healthy, 57's out there he ain't leaving. But you can walk these guys down. Jamal Adams, in effect, he can play linebacker and so can Pool. They can line up as linebackers. Ashton Davis can as well. I'm not saying in base. I'm saying in certain situations. And these guys have the Uh, versatility to move around. So you're going to see that as well. And the Jets took advantage of Jamal Adams last year so much with his very unique pass-rushing prowess. But Greg Williams is going to attack the quarterback with defensive backs at times. You're adding versatile pieces in the defensive backfield. Guys who can cover, guys who can play the run, and guys who can come upfield and be effective with their pass rush
0: very well said that was another edition of the official jets podcast draft pick profile series presented by verizon next up ea and i going down to gainesville with florida defensive lineman jabari Zaniga.